I never cease to be amazed by the talent in this church with our young people, old people, all of us in between. I'm, I'm middle-aged. Okay, I'm not a senior yet. That's why they have a seniors group that uh, meets. They call it the Senior Adult Retreat. And I've never considered myself a senior adult. I'm 67 years old, and I think I'm not senior yet. I've got another 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years to go. For it, so. <laughs> this sermon I'm, I'm going to talk about this morning um, from 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, 7, and 8. And where it came from, uh, Joel preaches, I uh, have my Bible on my phone. And I follow along with the sermons and stuff. And, uh, and uh, as he preaches, my phone has cross-references in it. So I click on those cross-references, and so I get all these little things on there. And I say, hey, this is great, you know, and, and uh, get a whole lot more out of it that way. I, I don't know uh, if Joel thinks I'm not paying attention, but I am, actually. Uh, but don't tell him I'm doing that, okay? He'll probably find out anyway now. But... Uh, I do that, and, and sometimes I send him texts in the, uh, when he's preaching. I'll, I'll, I'll type out a text and send it to him. I say, what about this? What did you, you know, things like that. So it's kind of, he gets them later. He doesn't, he doesn't get them while he's preaching, of course, but uh, after he's done, he'll, he'll go in and he'll uh, uh, send me a text back, and we'll talk back and forth sometimes about some of the things and, that I think about. And, and uh, that's kind of the way my mind works. Sometimes it just kind of starts going off in different directions, and I think a lot of us are a little bit that way. It's just one of the things that, uh, to me, the Bible is so full and so rich, and there's so much. It, it all interconnects so well. It, it just intertwines. It's just amazing how the Bible just all fits together and all points to Jesus Christ. That, to me, is just the most amazing thing about it. It just... Uh, I. I had a couple of elderly ladies come to my door the other day. Uh, they were Jehovah's Witnesses. And Jehovah's Witnesses don't usually leave with a very good taste in their mouth after they get done with me. I'm surprised they don't have my uh, house marked. Uh, don't go to this guy's house. Uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't get into the, all my stuff with these elderly ladies. I just thought, you know, they're, they're elderly ladies. I don't want to be mean or anything like that. But they wanted me to go to something in Oklahoma City. And they said, it's Bible-based. Yeah, right. Your Bible, the one you rewrote? There's one true Word of God. Okay. And that's been handed down through the centuries, through the church. And that's what we've got to stand on. It's got its absolutes, it's got its essentials, and we need to stand on those principles. And the world's trying to tell us all kinds of This is uh, the LGB, I never get all the Q, W, X, Y, Z month or something like that. And um, the whole thing is they're trying to destroy the Scriptures by saying, oh, you guys are in, 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 impatient and you're, uh, you're prejudiced and all these things. You're, you're not politically correct. And, you know, I, I never have claimed to be politically correct. I am not politically correct. And I don't ever want to be politically correct. Because God's Word is not politically correct. Okay, we love everybody, and we we want everybody to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. But it is not politically correct by the world standards. It is politically correct by God's standards. God loves everybody. He died for everybody. Everybody sins. 
were taken on that cross. I don't care who you were. I don't care if you're what color you are, what nation you're from. I don't care about any of that stuff. Jesus died for each and every one of us on that cross. Whether you're straight or gay, any color, any nationality, your sins were taken on that cross and Jesus died for you there. And we're covered in His blood. And we're going to celebrate that this morning with communion. We're going to celebrate that. That's what that's all about. And I'm going to talk about rituals and things that we do in the church this morning a little bit. We'll get into that. But let's look at 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, 7, and 8. If you have your Bibles or your iPads, whatever you got, you want to follow along with me. I don't have, I apologize, I don't have any of this on the screen. So you're going to have to listen and uh, just have the one method of learning. You know, a lot of, a lot of us have several different methods of learning, uh, visual and audio and, and uh, the kinetic, I think, is the other one. Is that right, Terry? I can't remember. So we have these different ways of learning. Uh, so this morning you only got one choice. So let's look at 1 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 8. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord... For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you, from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time that we have to study your word, to look at your word. We pray, Lord, that you'd open our hearts to receive the word that you have for us today. And we give you the praise and the glory for this time together. Amen. Well, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, I came up with this stuff while Joel was preaching, and I, I, I text myself and Joel as well, but the, the way I remembered what I've, I've uh, studied, I, I send myself texts. That sounds maybe a little odd, maybe like uh, Rachel and I talk about code orange a lot, and maybe I'm a little bit code orange on some of these things, but that's the way I am. It's the only way I can remember things. It, I'm getting to the point where I don't remember what I have done. Um, this is a blessing and a curse sometimes, but I just don't remember everything all the time. But there are two parts of this, what Paul's talking about here. One is to be imitators of us, the imitator of Paul. Why do we want to imitate Paul? Why would that be something we'd want to do? Well, that's because Paul followed the Lord. If you look in there, it says, imitators of us, and of the Lord. Now here's, here's the thing. Uh, you know, Joel loves basketball. Okay, basketball, basketball to me. Okay, I'd, basketball is not a big thing. Baseball? Yeah, now we're talking. Okay, baseball, yeah, I get into that. I used to, there was a time where I knew all the Royals lineup. All the guys on the bench, I knew their, their batting averages. I knew the pitchers' ERAs. I knew how I'd play this guy here, and I'd do this. I'd pinch hit here and do that stuff. Then they had to strike in 1989. Didn't have a World Series. I said, I'm not following baseball anymore if that's the way they're going to be. And for about uh, 10 years, I didn't follow baseball very well. I still watched it, still watched the World Series, but I didn't follow it very closely. Now I'm getting back into it again, okay? I'm starting to learn these things again, and I, I love it. But my dad played pro baseball. He played for the Cleveland Indians. He was a great hitter. They started him out as a pitcher. He was left-handed. So he started out as a pitcher, but they saw, oh, this guy hits really well, so they moved him to first base. He played in uh, the Texas League, which is double-A ball, and they moved him the first year to the Burlington Bees, which was a triple-A club. 
but he didn't get a lot of playing time, so they moved him back down to double A for the next year, and they were ready to send him back up, and he quit. But when we were kids, Dad didn't mind hitting balls to us, and we'd field all day long. We played a game called Pepper, where you stand about 10 feet from one another, and Dad hit that ball just as hard as he could, and he had to field it, and, and uh, it, it teaches good responses and quickness and everything like that. And they still play Pepper in baseball today as a drill. But Dad did not like to teach us how to hit, because he didn't want to shag the balls. So I never learned how to hit. In high school, my dad said, you're a good enough fielder to play the pros right now. I said, but dad, I can't hit. You need to teach me how to hit. And he just wouldn't do it. And so all my life I went through never really knowing how to hit or anything like that. And I finally, dad said, well, you got to break your wrist when you, when you hit. And I said, break your wrist? He said, yeah, you got to break over. So it's kind of like, that's how they used to teach you to hit. And what that did, you drove with your legs, and then as you swung, you broke your wrists over because that increased the bat speed. Well, Dad didn't teach me that, and I didn't have anybody I could, I could learn from. I heard about it, and he told me about it, but nobody that I could imitate. Nobody I could really imitate to know how I was supposed to really hit that ball. And for us as Christians, we need to see people. We, we need to be Jesus with skin on. Okay, Jesus needs to just ooze out of us. People need to look at it and say, you know, I see Christ in you. And this is how we're supposed to behave as Christians. And so many times we let people down, don't we? I and mean, we all do. There's just a lot of times we just don't do what we're supposed to do as Christians. We're not good people to imitate. And... You know, when I, I look at baseball and that example I gave and my dad and how he was a good hitter, but I couldn't imitate him because I never really saw him and he never really showed me, never went into the details. When, when I got in my 30s, I finally figured it out, figured out how to hit. And I went out and there's some guys practicing. I said, hey, you mind if I play with you? They said, yeah, go, come on out. They were older guys, you know. And they have an older 30s league in the Kansas City area. And uh, I got up there and this guy was pitching to me. I hit everything. They said, do you want to play on our team? I said, yeah, I'd love to. Okay, it costs $500. I said, I don't love to. <laughs> so I never really played, okay, but I uh, played softball and stuff like that. But, uh, um, you know, you, you learn after a while by imitating. We need to be the kind of people that are growing in Christ so that people look at us and they, they say, okay, I'm going to imitate what you do. I want to see Jesus in you. So Paul says to imitate Him as He imitates Christ. In other words, this is what I do. you, you got to realize the people in that day, there were a lot of people going around saying, well, if you're going to be a Christian, you got to do this. This, and you got to have that, and you got to do these rituals, and circumcision, and all these things. And, and Paul said, no, you don't need that to be a Christian. How are we saved? Through faith, by the grace of God, not as a result of works. It's not up to us. You accept Jesus Christ by faith. And you let Him change you and make you into the person He wants you to be. 
And so many times I see new Christians, they come on, they grow so fast, and they, and they just seem to grow and grow and grow, and then we get to a, kind of a plateau, don't we? It's almost like we quit growing. We ought to keep growing as, as older Christians and, and more mature Christians. Now, I'm not talking about your age. I'm talking about your spiritual maturity. We need to grow in Christ and continue to grow in Christ to that point that we just show Christ. He just oozes out of us. Romans 13, 14. And this is the Breckheisen translation, okay? Jump into Jesus and zip Him up over your head. Look it up. Just clothe yourself in Christ Jesus. It's a covenant thing. It's a covenant thing. When you accept Jesus Christ, He took your identity, didn't He? Your sin identity was taken by Christ on the cross. And you take His identity by clothing yourself in Christ Jesus. You become the righteousness of God. Through grace, your faith, not as a result of works. So how are we going to behave as Christians? Not through our works, but through our attitude by letting the Holy Spirit transform us and illuminating Christ in our life. So when people look at us, they there's somebody that knows Christ. There's somebody I'd like to be like that person. Now, having said that, there's a passage that says in 1 Corinthians 7, 17, says to do what you are called to do. So how do we imitate somebody else and still do what we're called to do? It's about saying, okay, it's by grace I've been saved through faith, not as a result of works. That's what it's all about. That's the imitation of the I want to know how this person lives their life in Christ, how they follow Christ, how they live their life for Christ. That's what I want to imitate. Using that example and then using my gifts that God has given me to do the work that He has called me to do. You know, I look at other great leaders of the faith, and I, you know, I think, well, Billy Graham, you know, wow, what a great guy he was, right? And Chuck Swindoll, and we look at all these guys that, uh, out there that are really people we can look at, but I can't be a Chuck Swindoll. I can't be a Billy Graham. I'm not called to do that. How would I be like them? What do they do for me? They give me that, that lifestyle that I can say, this is an example to me. This is an encouragement to me. So when you think about imitating somebody else in their faith, think about it more as an encouragement, as an example, not to be just like they are. I, I would hate to think of the world of people out there that are all Steve Breckheisens. Oh, man, I'd be bored stiff. I like all the different personalities we have in the church. That's what makes us unique, you know? It's, it's great, isn't it? All using our gifts and coming together to see the church work and operate. It's fantastic, fantastic. The second part of what Paul talks about here is receiving the Word. He said, Be imitators of us and of the Lord, for you receive the Word. And they were receiving the Word with much affliction, it says. And back then, it was about persecution of being tortured, of getting your property absconded, of, uh, of even being put to death. 
We don't have that in America. You know, we don't have persecution in this country. We have uh, more and more, we get some of our freedoms taken away. We get uh, ridiculed a lot, but I don't consider that persecution. That's really not much affliction in this country. Maybe we need to take stronger stands on issues. I don't know. But I think we've got it pretty good here. But they were receiving the word. The word to us today is all we have in the Bible that's been handed down to us through the canon, the scriptures that are accepted by the church, not rewritten, not something else, but the Bible that we have today. We need to study it. We need to learn it. We need to know what it says. I'm big on scripture memorization, but I get the words twisted up, like Romans 13, 14, jump into Jesus and zip him up over your head. It's easier for me to remember. It says the same thing. means the same thing. So I don't worry about word for word, but I need to know what it says and where it says it and how I'm going to use that when people come and talk to me about issues and problems. Or if I need to talk to somebody about issues and problems. I remember when I was a police officer, I was, I was a pastor for 23 years and I was a cop for 21. I work as a chaplain with Harvey County Sheriff and Newton Police Department. I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, a lot of stuff, more than most people I'd ever have to see. I worked more homicides in Harvey County as a chaplain than I ever saw as a police officer. I only worked two in 21 years. Harvey County, I think I've been on 14 of them. That's a lot. And that's just in four years. It's calmed down this year. Now it'll probably get bad again. I said that. But um, one of the things, when I was a police officer, I was pretty vocal about my faith. I didn't hide it. You know, if you want to know about Jesus Christ, Paul, you're going to hear about him. And I had a way of turning conversations around to talk about Christ. A lot of times people we'd, we'd arrest me. I had the highest arrest, arrest record on the police department. I, for some reason, I just liked arrest people, I guess. I don't know. But we'd take them to jail, and it was about a 20-minute ride, 25-minute ride to jail. Depends on how nasty they were, maybe how bad they smelled, how fast I drove to get to the jail. Something like but seemed somehow I was able to talk to them about Christ when they were in my car. I don't know how that happened. I mean, it just kind of happened, you know. And I'd often pray before I'd go into work. I'd, I'd, almost every time before I went into work with the police department, I'd pray and I'd say, Lord, if there's somebody today that needs to hear about you, that you'd bring them my way and I'd tell them about you. It seemed like there was always somebody, always. And, and of course, you could say, well, you had a captive audience, you know. But, you know, the thing is, I talk to people about Christ, and I can't tell you how many people prayed to receive Christ in the back of my patrol car. Didn't have a Bible. I couldn't stop and read it while I'm driving, you know. It's against the law. Um, you got to know the Word so you can share it with people. And trust that the Holy Spirit will bring to mind the Word, but how's He going to bring it to your mind if you don't know it? You know that this is, this is it, God's Word. This is what it says. This is what it says. you got to study it and know it. Receive it into your heart and your mind so when, when the time comes, 
you know, this is coming to my mind because God has put it there and I'm going to tell people that this is what I'm supposed to talk about. Now make sure it's not something I made up. Make sure it's not something else from somebody else, but it's from God. This Bible that we have confirms the Word to us. We need to receive it, study it, know it, so we can tell other people about Christ. It's important that we know. And we do this, it said, they did this with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Paul couldn't talk about Christ, and he couldn't talk about living your life without talking about the Holy Spirit. It must have been important to know who the Holy Spirit is. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And He is to illuminate Christ in your life. So we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that Christ is illuminated. So that He will bring to mind what we need to talk about to Christ. Because when we want to, He illuminates Christ. And we need to illuminate Christ in the way we are and who we are, right? We need to illuminate Christ, and that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Baptists are scared to death of the Holy Spirit. We might end up getting Pentecostal or something. That's just taboo in Baptist, right? We don't want to be that way. But we've got to have the Holy Spirit in order to really know how to illuminate Christ and Jesus said, He is our helper, and I will send Him to you. And He also said, He will bring to mind the Scriptures that we need to know when the time comes. That's His job. That's His main focus. So you receive the Word of God. You imitate Jesus. Receive the Word of God with the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Good stuff. Good stuff. And you can blame Joel for this sermon, okay? This, is, this all came out. Yeah, I know he didn't talk about this when he was preaching. You know, he was talking about something else. But that's the way my mind works. But it is so neat that God can do this kind of thing, that he will show you how his word is all intertwined and woven together like that. And we can use those scriptures to grow, to know, and look at other people and how can we imitate them and be like them using the gifts that we are called to do. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time we've had today to study your word and to talk about who you are and what you are and what you're all about. Lord, we now are going to prepare to take this communion. And Lord, as we do, we pray that you would help us to understand that this is about you. This is about serving you and knowing you. This is about the blood that you shed for us, your body which was broken and given to us. It's not this that makes us righteous or holy. It is you. And this is a reminder of that. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.